Hello and welcome to Tiger Ventures Unfiltered, presented by Tiger Launch. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. And thank you so much to those who are returning. So excited to share this incredible episode with you. My name is Ante Kashura and I'm your host. Today featuring an incredible entrepreneur who started off his career here as a student athlete here at Princeton who competed in track and field. He went on to the Olympics and then became a serial entrepreneur. Very excited to share this conversation. I think this is one of the most non-linear paths I've ever heard of in terms of Princeton graduates. Incredibly amazing entrepreneur. I'm sure you're gonna love the episode. I absolutely love recording it. And without further ado, please welcome Adam Bragg. Well, we are so excited to be joined by Adam Bragg on Tiger Ventures Unfiltered. This is an incredibly exciting episode. Uh, you know, we're coming back after a bit of a break, so I think it's going to be a great one. And thank you so much for joining us, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited about this one. Awesome. So, Adam, maybe, you know, to start off, tell us a bit about your journey to entrepreneurship. How did this whole story begin? Yeah, well, I guess uh, a lot of entrepreneurs would say that, you know, the, the journey starts well before their first company. Um, and sometimes out of necessity, sometimes out of inspiration. And I, I graduated from Princeton class of 2016, uh, was competing at the Olympic trials and decided to compete professionally in the pole vault for the next four years. Uh, and it wasn't a commercial sport. So I had to find some means of supporting myself and, uh, just kind of, I, I learned a lot and was looking around quite a bit at, at, um, you know, how I could, how I could provide value to the world and, and how I could help. Um, and settled into some small projects before I, I jumped into some bigger ones. So it was incremental. And um, I guess I, I learned a lot just because I was doing something that was non-traditional. Yeah, that's awesome. Wait, so you, after college, you just did uh, like track and field for a few years, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I was training for the Tokyo uh, 2020 Olympic Games and actually didn't, uh, I was training up until uh, the pandemic hit and uh, all of the facilities shut down. And that's when I decided to take a, a full-on dive into entrepreneurship. Wow. That's a very, I think that's the most non-linear path I've ever heard of on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I heard that this is like a very, uh, that's really interesting. We're just gonna, that's not really like a, you know, because the usual path, especially to, for entrepreneurs even at Princeton, right? They usually will go into say, you know, investment banking, they'll go into consulting for a few years and then they'll go to start an entrepreneurship project. Did you think about sort of, following the same kind of typical footsteps? At some yeah, point. definitely. I mean, as a Princeton student, you have those pressures on you throughout. Everybody's asking you where you're going to be working, where, you're, where, you're, where your, your summer internships are. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of think that Princeton has such a, a, a rich environment of minds and, and diverse types of ideas. And, um, you know, a lot of them go into the more traditional pathways. And I uh, chose to do something completely off of that traditional pathway. And uh, that kind of unlocked my thinking to approach things in sort of brand new ways. I wasn't trained at, you know, a, at, a, at an investment bank right off of the right, right out of school. And so my thinking kind of could evolve in its own space, which I think is, is helping me right now, as I build out, you know, this company to, uh, to think about things non-traditionally and, and what, what nuances and flares can you put on a, on your business to help them grow faster and help more people? 
Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Adam. So let me, I'll get back to the education and to training, because I think that's also will be interesting in terms of what you studied at Princeton, but let's not spoil that just yet. Uh, because first of all, I would love for you to just explain to our listeners, what do you do currently? What's your company? So we have a, you know, a bit of an overview, and then we can, you know, talk a bit more about uh, your journey towards it. Yeah, so I am the co-founder of a company called Quicker Health, and it's a, an electronic health record company that's working to um, adjust the healthcare system and revolve a, a patient's medical records directly behind them. So aggregating a patient's medical records and allowing them to travel from doctor to doctor, clinic to clinic, uh, without any, any lack of information so that they can get treated better and the hospitals and clinics can be more efficient and personalized in their care. Awesome. Wow. That sounds great. Uh, and how did you come up with the idea for, for that? Yeah. So I, you know, this is part of that answer of like, you know, how do you as an entrepreneur get started and in, in the non-traditional pathway? So I had a lot of time to really take a look around and see kind of what systems were working and which ones needed help. And, you know, you kind of look to the systems that have the the lowest quality of service for the highest price. And right now, you know, healthcare is one of those situations where, you know, in, in the US, you don't even really know how much a service costs and and mm -hmm. um, the availability of your information is uh, in a large part at fault for that. I think that you walk into a clinic, uh, a, a doctor doesn't necessarily know uh, why, you know, or like what your medical history is because they don't have a, an aggregated uh, historical past on your treatment. Um, and so like the idea is to is to pull that all of that information behind the patient and, you know, for them to give that personalized care. Yeah. Wait, there's no like that's so interesting. There's no aggregate sort of story of a patient that doctors have. That's yeah. Possible. Yeah. Oh. No, you, a lot of people think that, you know, uh, that all of so. the yeah, a lot of a lot of people think that industries in general are very up to date on their technology. But like uh, in the healthcare industry, they're still faxing medical records. They're still they're still taking printing them out and faxing them because there's no way to share them electronically between clinics and it's sort of really backwards and dated and there's a lot of like adverse incentives that cause that but um, the the answer there is to have the patient take charge because every patient in the U.S. has the right to all of their medical records uh, it's just that they don't get engaged. Um, and they don't pull them themselves because it's kind of a, a huge hassle. So what we're doing is we're taking away that hassle, uh, follow, you know, bring your medical records with you, have them follow you around in your health story so that you'll never have to wonder where they're at. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just crazy for me to hear just, you know, so I'm originally from Poland. I lived in Europe throughout the entirety of my life besides, besides Princeton. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we have like uh, some sort of a database. This is really interesting. So I feel like you are solving a big problem here because it's it would be a big, you know, my parents are actually both sort of work in the medical space. Uh, so I feel like, and I sometimes see when they're working and they definitely have like a database of all patients and all their history. So yeah, you definitely you know onto something here. I think it's a, uh, uh, it's going to be a, a great space, great space to be at. So yeah, you um, know, it's, it's sort of like at Princeton, you have Makash and you have like the, the ability to have like a single uh, house over your healthcare um, yeah. while you're there for the four years. But um, the world isn't really like that. You have like on average, a, a patient goes to 15 different doctors in their lifetime and they each probably have different EMR systems that they use to input their medical records and to store them. And so even leaving the, the campus hospital system and going out into the real world, it's hard to transfer all of that 
with you and to and to carry it along into your life. And so one of the things that Quicker is is helping you know to do is to uh, help you, the students, you know, parents, pull all of that medical records uh, behind them so that you know they can they can ask doctors to give them better care. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Adam. Awesome. And let's get back to the topic of Princeton. Actually, I always wanted to, to, to ask you, so, you know, you've kind of ventured very far away from what you actually studied at Princeton, right? Because if I'm not mistaken, you studied history and now you're in the healthcare space, you know, what happened there? <laughs> yeah. So I, I did uh, travel quite far, but I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting learnings that came from the study of history. I think that you have like a lot of points that you weave a story through as you're as you're as you're writing a, a history paper as you're studying a topic and and creating a narrative around you know a bunch of solid facts in 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 the space and so I'm if you if you take that sort of abstract idea of what history and the study of it is and the and the action of it is uh, and you apply it to entrepreneurship uh, you can see that there's a lot of facts that exist in the world. There's a lot of things that that are as they are. And the idea of entrepreneurship is, is weaving a story through them and trying to bend them together to create uh, more aligned incentives and uh, more positive outcomes for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And, you know, maybe I'll ask, well, it's probably a big question, but something I've been wondering uh, as well quite a lot recently, just in the context of college overall. And, you know, I know a lot of Princeton students listen to this, a lot of college students in general. Just looking back at, at, at this journey and on the note of Princeton, what do you think, you know, out of all of these things, because you've done a lot of different things, you work, you then, you know, you competed as an athlete, then you started with the entrepreneurship work. What do you think, what purpose do you think college served in this entire journey? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, uh, well, Princeton in particular, I think served uh, a huge purpose, not only in the things that I learned there, but the people and the perspectives uh, that that I was able to have uh, been connected to. Um, I think that Princeton does a really good job of pulling a bunch of students together and with a bunch of different interests from all over the world. And uh, I was in uh, the lucky uh, I was in I was in the lucky position to be on a sports team and part of a group, and I think that really helped me to to dive into that environment. So I think that anybody from Princeton really who goes through it, uh, whether you're on a team in an eating club or just any type of club in general, the thing after college that they'll probably remember the most is the people and like the Princeton network is so strong, so supportive. Um, and even the Princeton Entrepreneurship Network, I didn't learn until afterwards, but it is so strong. People want to support each other. Uh, people want to see you go out and do big things and, and try. And that's the thing about entrepreneurship. You try and you try again and um, you keep trying until your idea comes and takes hold. And uh, you need a tribe to be able to help you do that. And Princeton has that in the Entrepreneurship Network. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really strong. More students should be able, should take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. And Adam, you know, you're a part of this big network and I, I see you being involved on campus a lot. Uh, tell us a bit more about, you know, how you remain connected to Princeton, because I know you still do a lot of work, sort of, you know, I know a lot of alumni love the school and I think, you know, you're definitely one of them. Uh, tell us a bit more how you remain involved, because I know you have a, you know, a big thing to share. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the Princeton Entrepreneurship Council is really huge. I think that you have like a lot of really committed people who want to support each other. Um, there's a lot of groups like locally that you can be a part of. And, and I always tend to uh, look online before I go to a place and see, you know, what kind of Princeton students are there and um, try to connect with them. Really, it's about just keeping in touch and, and expanding your network. There's, you know, classes to 5, 10, 15 years above you. 
um, that you should know and that they could open doors for you and they want to help you because you're helping them in their lives, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, creating things that um, that change that can have impact. And so I think Princeton people in particular, you know, the in the in the nation service is, is sort of like um, is is true. It's like in in the nation service and the service of each other um, and taking that ethos and, and expanding it into the world of creatorship um, is something that I, I try to, um, I guess, transfer over to every current student I can talk to. Yeah, no, awesome. That's that's amazing. I love this story overall and the fact that, you know, we've been involved in so many things in Princeton and you still remain involved. One thing I'll still, you know, I'll ask, I'll get back a bit to your to your athlete career because I know, you know, just looking at the, the job market, I know, you know, a lot of people, you know, especially now are recruiting. It's, you know, it's a big sort of pre-summer recruiting season. Uh, you know, athletes tend to do really well. I think there is a degree of preference for, you know, you guys put a ton of effort to be able to sort of be in college or to say, I could not imagine that personally, you know taking all these incredibly difficult classes and, you know, competing as you, you know, you are literally on the Olympic level, right? So I'm curious, and I'm pretty sure some of the athletes will be listening to this exact episode. Uh, so as a student athlete, what kind of skills do you think, you know, this very difficult college experience, or well, difficult in a sense, in terms of time management, what kind of skills do you think it equipped you with to be able to succeed in the industry you're currently in? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I think that like in entrepreneurship in particular, um, being confident and um, not not like you know in a in a really big you know external way, but, but but really taking confidence in in your ability to do things goes a long way. It it gives you the ability to try to to give it a shot. And you know in in sports that's sort of the common ethos: give it a shot, um, give it a try over and over and over again until you get it right. Um, and that's not that's not necessarily um, I guess. Um, that's not cornered to the to the student athlete market at at Princeton. I think that every Princeton student has that sort of drive inside of them that got them there. That was, you know, in their particular field, they tried and tried and they practiced and studied over and over and over again. Um, and that that in and of itself in entrepreneurship is really uh, it's a differentiator. And if you as a student can tap into that and recognize that that's what you're developing while you're there in school, like late nights, in Firestone, you know, like it's it's that that drive, that continued drive. Even when you get a bad grade, you continue to study. You know, it's like you keep going. And uh, if you can recognize that that's the practice that you're going through, and that that's applicable to the actual real world, maybe even more so than what you're studying, um, I think you'll come out of school a lot more empowered. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Adam, thanks so much for sharing this. And well, on the note of persistence, trying, you know, definitely a big theme in entrepreneurship, you know, as I speak to a lot of people, they always, you know, talk about how challenging the, the industry is and how difficult, you know, how many failures you have to often, often go through. We actually, I don't know if you know this, but in person, there was a class in the entrepreneurship department that I took specifically, specifically dedicated to failures. It's, it's really interesting. <laughs> I one. loved what was the class? It's called The Other F Word. Uh, it's with Professor John Danner. Highly recommend watching his TED Talk. He's absolutely fantastic. Great professor. He was actually, uh, you know, he, he's super involved in Princeton. He's teaching a different class in the spring as well. Uh, so, yeah, but failure, you know, a big theme. And on the note of failure, uh, you know, and challenges, I'm, I'm assuming and I'm pretty sure that, you know, during funding um, quicker, you definitely have experienced some challenges along the way. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about, you know, what these challenges have been uh, and, you know, how are you able to, to overcome them? 
Yeah, so I'll answer that question. I, and I want to learn a little bit more about that class. I want to <laughs> learn what you guys learn. Um, but I think, you know, healthcare is a system of giants. It's there's a lot of really um, deeply entrenched players, people who uh, have big chunks of the market, and they're not incentivized to, uh, to improve their own operations. And they're also incentivized to make sure that there's no, you know, competitors that come in and try to um, quickly take their place. Um, and so the, the biggest challenge is, is competing in a system that is really slow moving and a system that, um, you know, is really well protected, I would say, uh, even though it needs so much change and needs so much updating, the, uh, the amount of support that you need, you know, not only from you know, the people closest around you, but from the patients and the belief that the, that the clinics and the providers give to you. Um, and even the, the funding sources, the, the belief that, uh, you know, an early stage VC has in, in a company that's really trying to make a, a huge, massive change could mean the difference. And so like, it's, it's sort of fighting at the very beginning to find those supporters, to find those people who align with your mission and your vision. Um, you know, that's, that's probably the biggest challenge, you know, upfront. And then, you know, there's a whole boatload of challenges beyond that. But, you know, once you find those core group of, of supporters, um, everything else becomes, it seems a little bit more doable every single time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me, let me, you know, let me answer your question as well. Yeah, please. Uh, so, yeah, I will tell listeners to definitely check out John Danner's TED Talk. He's absolutely fantastic. And his whole theory sort of revolves, I think, you know, uh, in, in many ways, you definitely apply a lot of this. He really has this whole theory called the failure value cycle, which sort of revolves around the idea that you have to anticipate failure, you know, and there's a certain way to respond to it, then rebound and sort of learn from it, right? So he has like this entire cycle that he thinks all companies go through and that's really how they grow. And he really thinks that sort of within a team, failure should be like a big, um, you know, big topics, something that you should discuss with your with your team, not a taboo topic uh, by any means and something that, especially in the in the entrepreneurship space, but also in any other space, actually, if you look at, you know, politics, you look at economics, right? Failures is very, very prevalent. I think you, you know, your story and what you just said, I think very much strongly, you know, proves that. Uh, so that's awesome. Awesome, Adam. Uh, and I'll ask one more thing about, you know, your startup, because I know, so you mentioned you're a co-founder, right, of a company, is that right? Yep. Awesome. Uh, maybe, you know, because I think a lot of, uh, what I'm noticing with a lot of college startups or startups of people, you know, right out of college, uh, you know, kind of as you are, a lot of them are actually co-founded by multiple people. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about, you know, what do, what do you think are the benefits uh, of doing that? Do you see that? Because uh, I'm assuming, I think all of your companies that you started so far have been started with with a co-founder. Uh, so if you can tell us a bit more about what benefits do you see of doing that and perhaps also how you met your current co-founder, that also would be great to, great to know. Yeah, so I think in general, you know, that having a co-founder is like, you know, having a partner on a mission. I think that like having somebody watch your back and having, um, you know, uh, somebody there at in the trenches with you is really important in the early stages. Uh, and then it also gives you the ability to complement each other. Um, you know, like the, you can't all be the same, um, the same in terms of your value uh, add to the company. And so having different types of skill sets and perspectives is really important um, because it, you might be able to find something that, or they might be able to find something that you're missing um, in your process. So uh, I think there's a lot of value to having co-founders. Uh, my co-founder in particular, um, I met him actually at a, at, it's called Draper University. So uh, our investor, Tim Draper, uh, brought us to a school 
and um, for entrepreneurs. And it's a summer program where entrepreneurs from all over the world, I think it was about 85, came together um, and just kind of were, were riffing about how to how entrepreneurship is in the world, what the process is, the skill sets are. Um, and we were talking about sort of the issues in the world. And what, his name is Ian Cash. And um, he was actually paralyzed from the neck down for five years when he was in high school uh, because of a medical condition that he had. And his mom stepped up and took care of all of his medical records. So anytime that a doctor asked, you know, she had it right on right on the spot. And and she took a lot of that pressure away from him to have to to handle that that um, that that health journey. And, you know, he remembers that as as not stressful at all. He says he doesn't have a single bad memory from it. He got to hang out with his friends and, you know, the doctors, they had everything they need. They didn't they never felt like they had to wait. And so the he was particularly inspired for this mission, you know, to to bring, you know, like to make quicker a health guardian like his mom was for him. And, you know, he he was looking out in the world and trying to find, you know, a partner to to make this thing happen. And, you know, I, I think that I bring some some very fresh perspectives into what Quicker is trying to do. We're particularly focusing on the visualization of health records. So how do you get patients motivated? Um, we're turning their health records into avatar animations on screen. So personalized avatars of themselves that that are animated on screen that help them navigate their health records so that their, you know, their their health record on screen is translated. Oh, I hurt I hurt my arm. Now their avatar is moving in an aspirational way to help them along with their health. Um, so helping, you know, helping each other, helping your partner out and bringing fresh perspectives to, to the topic and to the project, I think is really important. And, and, you know, I think a young entrepreneur finding the right co-founder is really important for them. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. That's an amazing story. And, you know, I've got to say your entire path is just absolutely incredible. I think, you know, this is a great thing to hear when you're at Princeton, when you're just sort of thinking of, your your journey you know we talked about this earlier you know about the internship pressure and stuff you know well your story proves that you really don't have to have the linear career you you can actually probably be more way more successful by kind of choosing the uh path that not everyone takes this is incredible and you know i think it's going to be of great value so many people who will listen to this uh and you know i'll ask one last question adam uh which i always ask the people who are featured on this podcast uh because like i said uh, the college entrepreneurs will be listening to this or people interested in entrepreneurship so if you can just give you know based on your entire journey uh and you're just looking back uh if you can give a few sort of best pieces of advice to people who are you know either thinking of starting their own company or, or have already started and they're currently at college uh what would you tell to them yeah i would say that you know Every idea starts really small and that, you know, it's uh, it's important if you believe it and that like keep that kernel inside of yourself. That's like, I think this would be a cool thing in the world. And, you know, just recognize that that idea, when you compare it to all of the big things that exist in the world, um, you, sh you shouldn't be discouraged because all of those things started as that little kernel of an idea. Um, I would also say talk to people about it you know, express your idea as much as you can. A lot of people get worried that someone's going to steal their idea. Um, but really, you, uh, it, it takes a lot to turn an idea into sort of action on it and turn it into a reality, uh, even if it's a super special one. Um, and so the benefit that you get from talking about it to people is you get their feedback, you get real world shaping of your idea. So talk to people about it. And then just more generally be bold, um, be sort of excited and, and explore the world and, and look around and, and, 
and see that there are a ton of perspectives that in, in one industry that could apply in a totally different industry and completely transform it. And so go around the world looking at like, um, you know, all of the different ways that people are doing things and uh, apply them in new and novel ways, combine them, uh, play with them, and really explore the world of ideas and possibilities in ways that, uh, that where you believe that they could turn into realities. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, awesome, Adam. I think there's so much value in this uh, in this episode. I think it's going to be of, of great uh, service to a lot of people. So thank you so much. Uh, congratulations again on, on everything. Uh, we'll be keeping our fingers crossed here at Princeton, at the Entrepreneurship Club, uh, for your company, for uh, for Quicker, uh, you know, to do its best. Uh, and thank you so much for, for joining us. And maybe, you know, are you coming to reunions by any chance? I know it's a, it's a very big event now this year because a lot of classes are coming back. So I don't know if you made your plans yet. Yeah, I, I probably will. I haven't made plans quite yet, but I, I'll probably be there. Um, and, you know, if there's another piece of advice is like if reach out to as many Princeton people as you can make use of that reunions. And if anybody who's listening here wants to have a conversation with me, I'm, I'm happy to chat uh, anytime. So you can reach me on my email, uh, adam at quicker.health, or you can find me on uh, TigerNet. I'm sure that all of my information is up to date there. So reach out anytime. Um, and, you know, this was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. And I second the reaching out. You know, that's how you got connected with Adam. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much, Adam. And yeah, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Adek. Thank you so much for tuning in into Tiger Ventures Unfiltered. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by Tiger Lounge, as well as our incredible partners, Prospects to Ventures and Princeton Entrepreneurship Club. To learn more about the people who make this show possible, make sure to visit tigerlounge.com psv.vc and princetonecloud.com